0: Shkalim Perak Aleph, Mishnah Gimel 1 3, and we return now to the topic of the collection of the Shkalim coins. B'chamisha Sarbo, on the 15th day of the month of Adar, Shulchanos Hayo Yoshvin, the Medina. They would establish, a Shulchani is like a, a, um, a money changer. So in the Medina, which according to the Bartunrah means in, in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, they would set up money changers. According to Barzinnor, the pshat is people are coming from afar and they're bringing foreign currency, and they won't know the exchange rate and how many, how much silver is in there. You know how to exchange their foreign currency for the shekel that they need to give, and therefore you have these professional exchange, money exchangers, called the shulchanis, who are there in Jerusalem to facilitate that exchange. Later on, it says be'Esrim v'Chamisha on the twenty-fifth day of Adar, so I just got four days to go. Yashvu b'Mikdash. The money changers even set up shop in the base of Mikdash for their sort of prompt people to make sure they get their acts together and get and contribute their, their uh, machz shekel, their shekel to the, the base of Mikdash. Now, the way that the, the Rambam learns throughout Mishnayos, Medina refers to not Yerushalayim, but to the whole of Eretz Yisrael. And Mikdash refers to the, not just the base of Mikdash, but the precincts around it in Jerusalem. And that in the case, according to the Rambam, the Peshat is that from the 15th of the month of Adar, already you have in every Jewish town throughout Israel money changers set up, facilitating them to have the shekel they need to make their contribution. Whereas, um, and then on the 25th, they also now set things up in the basement of so for their prompt people to get their, their acts together and make their contributions. Now, Mishiyash v'Bemikdash, from when they set up the money changers in the base of Mikdash. that's the 25th of Vadar, also his khilu Lamashken. They also began to actually um, seize against people's will a collateral, a mashkon, to ensure they pay their, their shekel, for the machz shekel. That is to say they would, you know, confiscate people's whatever it is, shoes or pens, I don't know what they took, um, until they paid their shekel, to force them to pay. Now the mission will list who was coerced this way. Esmi the Mashkinan, who were the people who were um, in, in, in forced to pay by this method? Leviim, the Israelim, people who are from Levi, Shevet Levi, as well as other Jews, meaning, of course, Kohanim are explicitly and conspicuously missing from here. Um, the reason why the Kohanim are missing, we'll get back to in a moment. As far as Leviim are mentioned explicitly, um, because since the verse from which this is based talked about the census, and the Levium were not included in the census originally back in Kitisa. So you might have thought that the Levium were not included in the contribution of the Machsah Shekel. So the Mishnah says otherwise, no, Levium must contribute their Machsah Shekel, as well as all Jews. Geirim, Vavadim, Mashuchrarim. Same goes for converts and freed slaves. So a convert, of course, is a Jew in every sense of the word, but since the verses over there in the Torah refer to Bnei Yisrael, one might have thought erroneously that comes to exclude converts. Wrong. They're participating fully like everybody else. As well as avadim shukharim, freed slaves. If you have a non-Jew who becomes a slave owned by a Jew, so it's a complicated procedure, including the fact that he has to accept upon himself to do the mitzvahs, to keep Shabbos, etc., like a woman, like a Jewish woman. And um, he has 30 days to do so. Otherwise, he has to be essentially returned. Um, and in addition, he'll get brismila if he's a male slave and be immersed in a mikvah for the sake of this role of being an evid. And that's like considered to be sort of halfway to being a convert. And that being the case, the evid already as a non-Jew, but as an as an, an evid kanani, already is obligated to mitzvahs like a Jewish woman, just exempt from the mitzvah women are exempt from, like mitzvahs ashesh asmangrama, etc. Um, but if you're mishachrer them, if you free your slaves, now he becomes a full-blown Jew in every sense of the term, like a convert. He's like a convert to the back door, and he becomes a convert too, and therefore he also is a Jew who must contribute his machzah shekel to have his portion included with everyone else in the uh, kapar that's affected in the Avod and the base of mikdash. Avalon we do not collect from women. The reason why is because the verse specifically talks about an ish, men, back in the census verses, and therefore women are exempt. They don't have to contribute. And also, vavadim, slaves. Here we're talking again about vadim, an evid kanani, a non-Jewish slave, not a Jew. An evid ivri, of course, would have to be a Jew. Um, and katanim, and children are exempt. Now, fascinatingly, the Bartanura learns that the katanim, the children of our Mishnah here, are referring to children, boys, certainly girls are exempt altogether, but boys are under the age of 20 which is quite remarkable almost everywhere else in the whole of the Torah Katan's referring to a boy who's before Bar Mitzvah but since the Pesukim talk about census and census taken from 20 years old and up so the the Bar Tanura like the Sefer Chinuch learned that it only starts from the age of 20 others do not like that the Rambam and the Ramban on Chumash both understand this this Katanim here refers to Katanim in general as it does everywhere else meaning from Bar Mitzvah age any child for whom the father, during the child's lifetime, the father began to make a contribution, especially in his behalf, even though the child was exempt. So, now the child cannot stop giving in his behalf, meaning for argument's sake, if the father gives on behalf of his child, who is technically exempt from giving to the maxta shekel, and then the father dies, the child, although he's only now 12 years old, or maybe less than 20 years old, as the case may be, um, must continue to give his machzah shekel it doesn't stop and by the way similarly those who give the half shekels on Arab Purim on behalf of their household if you're giving for your children as well once you start you can't stop kohanim. now they didn't Seize property from the Kohanim as collateral to force them to pay, but made darche shalom for the sake of peace. The idea being that the Kohanim, as it is, essentially are serving in the base of Mikdash, doing all this work, they're not getting paid for it, um, and therefore it would sort of, you know, rankle them to be you know, strong armed to force to pay the Machta if they're insisting they're going to do it anyways, so then, you know, just going to make them unhappy, and then we don't want unhappy Kohanim who are serving us in the base of Mikdash, and, you know, perhaps even could be. Worse than unhappy. Um, so that being the case, we don't um, confiscate anything from the Kohanim. we trust them um, to do what they say and to give their machzeh shekel. And the truth is, in the event you have some sort of really recalcitrant kohen who refuses to give, so the bezin will sort of in compensation, if you will, for his services, actually um, grant him a portion of the assets there, so he also, as a participant in the bais with the with the uh, whatever being bought with those machzeh shekels, so he's included anyways.